Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to today's Medicinal Monday. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And I'm Dr. Benjamin Alter. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. So as always in these Medicinal Monday episodes, which are recorded live in the Plant-Based and Stress-Free Facebook group, we are answering questions, speaking to topics that you are interested in. And this one is uh, of that category uh, on the topic of fermented food. And I think a lot of people eat fermented foods and there's a lot of kind of, uh, you know, information out there about the benefits of fermented foods and why you should eat fermented foods. And we're going to weigh into this conversation based on our understanding of physiology and nutritional science. Yes, yes. This topic was so similar to a Medicinal Monday episode that we hosted in late May. Number 215. Number 215 called What a Healthy Microbiome Looks Like. So we didn't want to overlap too much there. Need to recreate the wheel. Exactly, exactly. So we're really going to be focusing in on this fermented food topic. But But first, before we do, (laughs) we've got some announcements. And the biggest most exciting announcement is that we just opened enrollment for our next whole food plant-based challenge. We're really happy about that. Really excited about that. It's going to be cardiovascular focused, which of course, if you're listening to this, you're like, I came here to listen and hear about fermented foods. Well, you better believe that the gut is connected with the heart, is connected with your knees, is connected with your elbows. Uh, It's all connected. But cardiovascular health is super important, as you probably know, because we wouldn't be here without a heart and a vascular system. And cardiovascular disease is the number one killer. So we thought we should kind of crack into this one. And really, as I as I see it, you know, get to the science as well as the strategy of how to reverse and prevent cardiovascular disease. Yes. So this challenge is starting on July 19th, next Monday, a week, a week from, from today. today. Holy cow. Um, it'll be a seven-day challenge to register. You'll see the registration link in the show notes here, also in the yeah. whole in the plant-based and stress-free Facebook group. Okay, let's talk about fermented food. And yeah. I'll just ask you, Dr. Susanna, 
should I be eating fermented food for to keep my gut healthy and happy? Well, my answer to that would be, I think you should eat fermented food if you enjoy, <laughs> if you enjoy eating fermented foods, but you don't necessarily need to eat fermented foods in order to have optimal gut health. But everyone says that I should and like all like the cultures, not all of them, but so many cultures include some sort of fermented food, whether it's kimchi or sauerkraut or pickled this or that or kombucha or, you know, it's all, it's all, all the rage, right? You know, it's, that's what it, it says on the thing, like bacteria for a healthy gut. So yeah. shouldn't I, you don't agree? Well, I'm not saying that there are no benefits to eating fermented foods. We're going to unpack this later, but I really just wanted to start off with the point, And we really covered this in episode 215 that the way to really optimize gut health and micro and microbial diversity is to increase the diversity of plant fibers in the diet, to increase the amount of fiber and the variety from different types of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, legumes, etc. Yeah, so the fermented foods that we might choose to consume, they've got these fibers, they've got the their, their plants, so they got that going for them. But in terms of the live microbes that are associated with these fermented foods or drinks, um, yeah, as I, as I understand it, you know, our stomach and the acid within our stomach exists for a primary reason of digesting protein, but really also uh, protecting us from foreign invaders such as bacteria, you know, so that our, our stomach is kind of the first line of defense for our digestive system or, or for our immune system. And it's going to like kill and neutralize any sort of pathogen, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, if we're eating fermented food, then yeah, it may, we might be eating live bac bacteria, but there's not a whole lot of science suggesting that those bacteria that go into our mouth survive the harsh uh, environment of the stomach, make their way through the small and large intestine to populate the colon, which is the primary place for of that our microbiome exists. So there's that. <laughs> just kind of just kind of uh, raining on the parade of the fermented food. But like you said, yeah, they're yummy. And I think one thing that they do have going for them is that we are introducing organisms to the human environment, which is healthy. It's good for kind of exercising our immune system. We don't want to live in a sterilized bubble. Another that way that we could introduce microbes to our healthy human immune immunity, immune system, and kind of cultivate that diverse and, uh, you know, harmonious connection with our environment is eating fresh grown produce that isn't washed, for example, you know, freshly picked out of the dirt and assuming that there's no pesticides or herbicides or cat pee or dog poop or whatever, you know, that's going to be a good source of live organisms for ourselves as well. Definitely. Definitely. And we've also talked about, you know, there are additional benefits for the digestive system. A lot of these fermented foods contain vinegar or have fermented in a way that's kind of similar to vinegar where um, they're sli slightly acidic. And so when that food hits the stomach, it can actually aid the stomach in reaching that proper pH, getting enough acid for the stomach to really break down 
protein specifically, amino acids, but, but, but the other macronutrients as well in the stomach. And also that acidifying of the stomach is essential for also all the downstream effects of digestion, um, you know, really stimulating the secretion of pancreatic enzymes and, and so on and so forth. Right. So one of our uh, favorite things to do and uh, recommend for people who want to optimize digestive health and and really get the most out of their food and extract all the nutrients and whatnot uh, is taking like a form of digestive bitter, uh, which is really just any kind of verb that is formulated that we can draw on our tongue and it emulates that very process. So taking some fermented foods before a meal could be a way of getting some kind of like digestive bitter quote unquote properties to, to prime the digestive system. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah, just cutting to the chase here. No, you do not have to eat fermented foods to have a healthy gut. Um, that, you know, some people might disagree, but let's face it, people disagree about a whole heck of a lot of things in our world today. Um, the one thing that we need to be cautious of when consuming fermented foods is the quantity of sodium in those fermented foods, because we got to add salt to promote the fermentation process. And I'm not an expert of that well, for process. So, for some things, not kombucha, for example, That's but, true. but for veggies. Kombucha yeah. eats sugar. Um, which oftentimes we want to avoid processed refined sugars. Um, so yeah, kombucha is a yellow light drink, we like to say. You know, it's to be consumed and enjoyed on occasion. Um, because because of, you know, that sugar content. Um, yes, some may argue, but all the sugar gets fermented. But a lot of the store-bought stuff, yeah. not all the sugar is fermented. Yeah, so it kind of depends on, you know, as with anything, depends on the source of your SCOBY yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but yeah, back to the salt content in pickles and sauerkraut and kimchi and what else is pickled? What, or what else is fermented? Pickles? Did you say that? Yeah. Uh, so what about like sourdough bread? Is that? Oh, yeah. That's a fermented food. That's a fermented food. Well, yeah. And I mean, the benefit of sour or of, of um, sourdough bread. Well, you, you just interrupted me. Oh, but sorry, sorry. I wanted to finish the <laughs> sodium thing and then we can talk about sourdough bread. For yeah. A but uh, sodium, like people are eating too, many, too much sodium. People are eating too much sodium. Our, our requirement for sodium as a human being is about 200 milligrams per day. The average intake is about 10,000 milligrams or 10 grams of sodium per day in this in kind of a standard American lifestyle. And, you know, it depends on how active and how much sweating we're doing and that kind of stuff. But I, we, we like to say 1,000 milligrams is kind of a healthy upper limit of sodium consumption. And if we're eating pickles and, you know, sauerkraut every day and kind of like a tablespoon on everything, that's going to inch up towards the thousand and surpass the thousand, even if we're not sprinkling salt on anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sodium is really packed into all of processed foods, of course, as you know, uh, but certainly fermented foods as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to go on a teeny little tangent about yeah. um, fermented bread, sourdough bread. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the benefit of that is that in that fermentation process, it can help to break down, you know, some of the proteins like the gluten and such. Not not completely, of course, but it can definitely help bread be a little bit more easily digested. 
by those who have a hard time digesting it. It's true. And so, for more information on the gluten conversation, we have recorded a uh, conversation on Medicinal Monday episode previously, and I don't know exactly the number, um, but yeah. Yeah. Search it. Of course, you know, there's all the fermented dairy products, which we're not including in a whole food plant-based diet, but there's there's coconut oh. yogurt and soy yogurt and all these other forms about, of yogurt. I'm certainly a novice when it comes to kefir, oh, yeah, uh, kefir, water kefir. I know that there's milk kefir, but there's water kefir. So it's like, sure, if you like that kind of stuff and it feels good and it feels like you're interacting with your environment and getting some exposure to microbes that's great uh long story short you know no real evidence to suggest that those microbes that come into your mouth are actually doing anything to modify uh, the environment of your microbiome that doesn't mean that it's not healthy um, but specifically for gut health again the way to optimize microbiome is focusing on diversity of fiber in the form of different whole plant foods yeah. um, fermented or not yeah. Yes. And and just um, a reminder from episode 215, um, you know, it comes up a lot. People ask, well, OK, well, if if the fermented foods can't really populate mm. the, the gut with these beneficial microbes, what about probiotic. a probiotic supplement? Yeah. And um, go check out that episode because we talk about a really interesting study that actually shows that people actually... Um, that taking probiotics essentially slowed down hmm. the population's healing process for, for individuals who had just finished a round of antibiotics versus people who didn't take probiotics. So go check that out. Cause it's, 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 you know, when I first heard that, I was like, Oh, wow, that's interesting. Cause of course in naturopathic medical school, we are taught to give everyone a probiotic mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's really more complicated than that. Totally. Um, and, uh, on another topic, we've got a, a comment about um, fermenting at home and, you know, fermenting for six weeks. And after six weeks of fermenting, you really don't taste the salt. Well, I hate to break it to you. It's still there, <laughs> you know. So, the, yes, the salt is seeped into everything. So even though our sauerkraut might not taste like super salty, it is super salty. And this brings another tangent of when we're if we're choosing to add a little bit of salt to our meal to enhance the flavor bring out the flavor it's best to do so at the table when we're consuming it um, consuming the food rather than cooking it or fermenting it into it um, because then, then it's just kind of like lost in there and you're still getting a, a good dose of salt and sodium i'm sure you know that by making it at home, how much salt goes into that process. We've done it before. Oh my gosh. How much salt. Can I just, can I just share a fun we, little. We used to buy like a pounds, pound, pounds at a time of salt to do the fermented thing. Yeah. 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 And just, just fun little to personal tidbit. Before I was whole food plant based, before I met Ben, before I even went to naturopathic medical school, I was a Weston A. Price girl. If any of you know Weston A. Price, it is a whole lifestyle following the kind of teachings and research of Weston A. Price. And this diet is huge on fermented foods. And my kitchen at one point looked like a complete laboratory. I had like 12 jars of kombucha brewing. I always had at least a half gallon of fermented raw goat 
yogurt in the fridge or I had a batch cooking in the dehydrator or whatever. I had sauerkraut and I remember pouring the salt on that thing because I really wanted to make sure that it it, it was a good batch. (laughs) When Dutch just add a little extra salt. And there's a there is a narrative in the health realm that's like salt is a health food and we need tons of salt. I've seen I've seen people say like, oh, the 10 grams in the standard American diet, it should actually be 20. So so yes, uh, maybe we should unpack the salt conversation in a future medicinal Monday. Oh, yeah. But just to answer some questions here about um, that are coming up in the chat. Yes, we do recommend that people often supplement with trace minerals in their water to optimize the water quality and the water absorption so that the water we're drinking is getting into our cellular compartments where it needs to be. And um, salt is, or sodium is a mineral that supports that process. Uh, but we don't want excess sodium. So when we're, ta- when we're talking about mineral supplementation, we're talking about supplementing with trace minerals, things like molybdenum, molybdenum and selenium and iron and zinc and uh, manganese and magnesium and, and the other trace minerals that are required for the process of cellular hydration and all the cofactors in the body. Uh, sodium, by and large, is is not one that that people need. And it is in concentrates, which is a product that we recommend. It is in salt, sea salt. And again, on the, on the topic of salt and sea salt and Himalayan salt and all the different kind of salts, uh, they're all sodium chloride. Some of them have a couple percentage by weight of other minerals, but predominantly 98 or 95 to 98% sodium chloride. Um, so we don't need we don't need sodium chloride. We should have other salts, other mineral salts in our diet. And yeah, when we're cooking pasta, <laughs> which is maybe once a year, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to add salt to lower the boiling temperature. That's as far as I know, that's all the salt that. Or to increase the boiling. Doesn't salt lower the boiling temperature it so that it boils it? faster? Oh oh yeah. Oh. Okay, someone can correct us. Yeah, please correct us, cooking experts. But of course, it's going to, you know, why do you need to do that? You, It's going to change the flavor a little bit, unless you have like a really high sodium diet. And it's like, I don't, but but um, anyway, enough yeah. about salt for now. We'll unpack it further in the future. And just a little tip, little tip for those who do enjoy the occasional kombucha. Um, I really like the forms of kombucha that have been fermented with just fruit juice. Yeah. So one of the most popular brands is of course, GT's, GT Dave's, my first kombucha. Mine too. 15 years ago. Um, and they make some that are fermented with kiwi juice. Yeah. The synergy line. And, um, and then also there's June, which is fermented with honey. And that's a nice option as well. If you really want to stay away from the cane sugar, the white cane sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then, Another question on the topic of minerals. Yeah, like minerals come in food and fruit and vegetables and, and whole grains and legumes. Yes, minerals are in those things and we should be eating our minerals. And when we're eating minerals in the form of fruit, we're also getting water. So so staying hydrated on fruits and vegetables is really important. I'm glad that you bring this up. Uh, but also anytime that we're consuming liquid to hydrate ourselves, if we're not, if we're just drinking pure H2O, it's not getting to where it needs to be in the body. Um, so that's, that's the moral of the story there. So 
fruit juices and vegetable juices are great ways to hydrate because they have the natural minerals in them. But if we're drinking water, we should also be drinking mineralized water, which is the way that water is really found in nature. But oftentimes when we open up our faucet, we don't have, you know, the same minerals that were in there, you know, miles and kilometers and whatever upstream, you know, in the processing. Yes. So that's about it for the fermentation conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So if there are any other questions, anything left unsaid, if you want to challenge us to a debate, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that because you'll probably win. Um, but uh, just leave any comments or feedback in the chat or in the uh, comments section and uh, sign up for that whole food plant-based challenge. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Definitely. See you next week.